Henning, and I'm the Outreach and Mission Director. Today we have a very special um, service to celebrate the good work God has done through us um, for Outreach and Missions in our community and world in 2019, but also to encourage us and challenge us to second document for this year in 2020. So I want to encourage you really quick this morning to look through your inserts. I know Dan already said that, but saying it again. Just look through those um, if you haven't, especially the 2019 Outreach and Missions Blue insert and then the 2020 pledge cards for Second Mile Giving. I will go through those later um, in the service, but again, I just want to draw you your attention to that. So this morning and for our whole lives, it's just an absolute honor to serve our Lord. It is an honor to share his love with those around us. But going the second mile can be risky and uncomfortable because it's not what the world does, but it's worth it all knowing that others may know Jesus because of it. The phrase of going the second mile comes from Matthew 5, 41, where Jesus states that, and whoever shall force you to go one mile, go with them too. Back in those days, the Romans created these mile markers on their roads where they would force citizens of Israel or any foreigner to carry the uh, Romans' backpacks for one mile. They had to stop whatever they were doing to help. Then, after that one mile, they had to walk all the way back where they were. This was their mandated system. So Jesus then saying in Matthew 5.41, you know, go another mile, walk the second mile for them. This command is part of Jesus's radical kingdom ethics in the sense that it was above and beyond what was required and it wasn't the norm. So to the Romans and to the world, it was crazy. But what arises when a person goes ahead and carries the Romans backpack another mile, it opens up the opportunity for them to see the love of God. And they may even ask why they're doing that. And they get to say, it's because I'm a follower of Christ. This could open up the chance to share the gospel with them, all because they said, yes, Lord. I will go that second mile because I love you. So we call this special mission service Second Mile Sunday because we are saying yes to Jesus, that I will go that second mile so others can know you. I will give of my time, talents, and resources because you deserve my all. Today, during our Second Mile service, we have an amazing guest speaker who is excited to share with you more about saying yes to missions. He is the Director of Development at the United Methodist Foundation of Indiana and has been working in ministry for many years. I have the honor and privilege of introducing our guest speaker, Glenn Howell. Please make him a welcome this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, as I said, uh, I'm Glenn. I'm a pastor. Um, I was uh, born in Michigan, but raised in Indiana, mostly in central Indiana. And then I moved uh, and graduated high school from a town in northern Indiana, Rochester. I don't know if anybody knows where Rochester, Indiana is. And I'm very proud to say that I am a Rochester zebra. <laughs> Doesn't that just strike fear in the heart of an opponent? The zebras are coming. So uh, I went to college in Indianapolis, but then I lived uh, most of my ministry in, uh, in Evansville, Indiana. So uh, I'm familiar with the area. 
and uh, now I live up in the Indianapolis area. I'm just so glad to be here. I have really deep roots in the church. Uh, the Howell clan uh, came over the river from Kentucky a few generations ago, and uh, we traced them back to Appalachia, and uh, what we discovered is that some of them were coal miners and most of them were bootleggers. And uh, so that's sort of my history, but my grandfather uh, somehow got out of that and he became a preacher. And he, at least he was a preacher every time he could afford it. So he, he lived during the Depression, a lot of his ministry, and, and things were really tight, and often churches couldn't pay him, and he would be a preacher as long as he could, and then he'd quit when he didn't have any money, he'd go work another job for a while, then he'd come back and be a preacher again. Now, my grandfather and my grandmother had eight sons, and six of them were preachers. Five Methodists and one black sheep Baptist. And then those eight brothers had another couple of dozen kids, of whom I'm the only one to be called into the family tradition. But every 4th of July, we would have a Howell family reunion when I was growing up. There's really nothing like the smell of fried chicken and a whole, and a whole bunch of yakking pastors. And I used to say in that little town park where we met, there was more hot air per square foot than anywhere in Indiana. And, uh, and I believe that. Now, it was about 30 years ago uh, that I got a phone call from a guy named Reverend Glenn Beck, God rest his soul, asking me if I wanted to go to Haiti with him. He was trying to get young pastors to see the importance of missions. And Glenn was known across Indiana for being the pastor who was one of the very first to try something called Faith Promise Missions. And every year his church had that special day, just as you are today, with Second Mile. And his church just crushed it in mission giving. I mean, it was one of the highest giving churches in the state, even though it was a small to mid-sized church at best. But Glenn had a passion for missions. He used to say all the time that he had had his heart broken by the things that break the heart of God. Well, within seven years of that first trip I made, I made five more trips to four different islands in the Caribbean. We would always go in January or February because I'm not dumb. Our churches supported causes in Africa and Indianapolis, in Haiti and in Terre Haute. Our church learned to look not just afar, but within. And we helped in our own community more. We grew spiritually. We grew in unity. We had our heart broken by the things that break the heart of God. And so we set out to heal some of those things. And what we found was when we helped heal those things, we ended up healing ourselves. And so the word missions changed from a noun or a thing into a verb, into a way of living. We were living a mission. So I salute you today, and I encourage you in what you are doing. Don't ever be one of those people, and don't be one of those congregations that think small. 
that think that you only help your own because your own is smaller than God's own. Help God's own. And be generous with your pledges and giving today. Serve and give time, of course, but reach deep today and be the mission. Say yes to missions. And if you say yes to missions, you will be saying yes to two or three wonderful and important things in your life. And I want to talk about those with you. When you say yes to missions, first of all, you are saying yes to growth. Giving and serving grows and transforms us. Us. The gospel that we believe is this. God gave. God gave creation. God gave His one and only Son. And His one and only Son gave Himself. He gave Himself to the point that we would never do. He gave Himself into death. But in death, He rose. And He was transformed. And so shall we be. It's not a vague hope. It's a reality that Jesus wanted to show us through His life. You know, we call Him Christ not because He could do things we can't, but because he, how He revealed how we are like He is. Resurrection beings transformed by becoming as giving as He is. And this is particularly true in the world of money. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The treasure and the heart are linked. And that singular thought is among the most insightful in all of Scripture. How you treat your treasure shapes the shape of your heart. Many, many years ago, before I went into the ministry, I was living in Lawrence County, not that far from here, on one of our United Methodist campgrounds. And there's a little church down the road I decided I would go to. A little white frame church had about 20 or 25 people in it. Church didn't even have any plumbing. And I went and discovered that they only had church every other Sunday because the pastor had four of those little churches and could only do church every other Sunday. And through a set of circumstances, I ended up be preaching for them on the off Sunday so that they could have church every Sunday. And they encouraged me and they appreciated me and they said, you should go into the ministry. And so uh, I enrolled in one class in preacher school, one class, but I didn't have any money to give to the school. So those people in that little church took up an offering amongst themselves and paid for my entire first semester class. I was making it a point to thank each of the people who had given something for that offering. And I remember going particularly to a guy, his name was Bud. I said, Bud, I appreciate the fact that you helped me with, uh, you know, going to school. And he said the most incredible thing. He goes, well, Glenn, you know, I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> I said, well, you didn't. And he said, no, but he says, you know, I often don't want to give anything. But when I do, it isn't long before my heart tells me I was right. 
See, now that was God speaking to his heart. That was God growing his heart to resonate with and to come into unity with God's own heart. And if he'd held back, he would never have put himself in the place to hear what his heart was telling him. Now, truth be told, for many of us, money is the most important thing in our lives. And when we give, we're telling God we're ready. We're ready for him to grow us into the likeness of Christ. Say yes to growth. Say yes to growth. Now, secondly, when you say yes to mission, you are saying yes to the witness. A couple years back, I was on a boat on Lake Superior heading out to see the pictured rocks. If you've never done that, I recommend it. And as we were pulling away from the, the dock or the little harbor there, there was a guide on the boat, and he said, is anybody here from New York or Philadelphia, Boston, from the East Coast? And, you know, a fair number of people raised their hands, and he said, now, if any of you encounter breathing problems, he said, that would be caused by clean air. He said, if you'll move to the back of the vessel, the diesel fumes will make you feel normal again. Now, sadly, many of us who are Christians have breathed in so much sick air for so long, we think it's normal. We think accumulating a hoard of stuff is a normal life goal. We think the purpose of life is to expand our kingdom and our ego and our sense of importance. We think there's a shortage of what we need, and it's us or them, and everybody's out to get ours. We think the needy are people that we should avoid, not people we should join. We don't want to be around the least of these. We want to be around the best of these. And we are defined by the air quality standards of a society that has no standards except to remind us that we need more and more and more in comparison to the person sitting next to us at the office or on the bleachers or in the pew. And when we finally have more, we will arrive at our happy place and we never get there. Matthew 6 says, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. One is always servant to the other. Now Shiloh, we're supposed to be the ones who live such that the world knows who is our Lord and what is our servant. I do a fair amount of driving, and so for many years, <clears throat> I've had uh, XM radio on my car. Now, I gave it up about a month ago because I'm using that money for something to give to something, but for six years, I've had XM radio on my car. And I was driving down the road just a couple, few months ago, and I heard, I heard two advertisements back-to-back -back that really gave me pause. The first one was for underwear. 
Tommy John underwear. They were very clear in the ad, try our underwear, it will change your life. <laughs> Seriously, it will change your life. And then right after that was an ad for a chair mat. You know that thing under your office chair? Theirs was glass. And they said almost the same thing. Your life will never be the same. And I started breathing that rotten air. Man, I want a better life. You know, until I heard those ads, I had no idea my life was so deprived. Living day after day in my fruit of the looms. <laughs> sliding around on my sad plastic chair mat from Office Depot. Silly me. The happiness that I've been looking for is as near as a change of underwear. Silly me. I've been looking for fulfillment in loving God and serving others. I just didn't know it was all so easy as getting a chair mat. It'll change my life. Man, P Pastor Dan, you could sit on your new chair mat in your new underwear. Holy cow, that'd be like the next best thing to heaven. Well, who is going to call BS on this lunacy? Who's going to show by the life they live and the words they speak that this grand illusion is just that, it's an illusion. Who will tell people that no matter how much money, how many pair of underpants, how smooth their chair mat, they will still be paralyzed by uncertainty, anxious over their kids' choices, disturbed by diagnoses from the doctor, and despairing at the thought of their own death. How about somebody changes that and our witnesses, somebody did. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I would rather live in the certainty of that grace than have a million dollars and a bunch of stuff and despair because it isn't giving me what I need and I just don't know what else to do but to try to get some more. That's the life of an addict. Be a witness to the kingdom. Show the world another way. Stand up for your faith. Trust the gospel. Trust the Lord. Say yes to the witness. Finally, importantly, when you support missions, you are saying yes to great outcomes. A few months ago, I was uh, at a church and was just worshiping there, and they had a children's sermon or children's message, just like you did. And the leader had this, uh, she had pictures of her summer vacation, and she had been out west where the giant sequoia trees are, and she had a picture of her family, there were six or eight of them, but they held hands and they couldn't get their arms anywhere near around the trunk of one of these trees. And she was saying something about how certain obstacles you can't get by them and some things are too big. Anyway, some little kid raised his hand. The kids always do this. Some kid raised his hand. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
She goes, well, yes, Johnny, what is it? He goes, well, God could hold that tree in his hands. Just ruined the whole children's sermon, incidentally. <laughs> and I thought about that on my way home. See, this is what sequoia seeds look like in your hand. And if you put one of them on the tip of your finger, this is what it looks like. Now, these seeds fit in my hand. And if I keep them in my hand, I will always have the seeds. But if I let them go, this is what they look like. Or they look like this. I don't know if you can see those guys hiking, climbing up that tree. Or they look like this. Seeds, when given with the faithful heart, go from what you can hold in your hand to something only God can hold in his hand. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a ministry that only God can hold. The witness of our faith is that giving for others, when given from our heart to the Lord's heart, becomes far-ranging beyond our expectations. That's what happens when God is involved. When we say yes to the call of God rather than to the narrative of the world, one seed becomes something we can't get our arms around or see the top of. Say yes to missions. Give with your heart when you give today. Give with all your heart, and when you do, your heart will be transformed, your witness will be transforming, and your outcomes will transcend all you can ask for or imagine. Let's pray. Gracious God, we say yes today to missions, yes to your mission, yes to our mission. We say yes to help and hope. We say yes to your children near and far. May our offering to you grow us toward you today. May it give a witness of light in the darkness and ultimately blossom into unimaginable goodness and grace through the touch of your Holy Spirit. We trust it will be so. In the name of Christ, our Lord, and the salvation of our world. Amen. Amen.